Hey, Jay, it's uh, Bill McGrath calling from Orange Sprocket. Wanted to give you a little shout out and say congratulations on your 10th episode. It was incredible. Really good interviews. I've been enjoying the podcast since you uh, started off. You know, we look to guys like you and uh, Mitch Joel and Joe Jaffe. They're, they're definitely an inspiration for guys like us. Welcome to episode 11 of the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing podcast. It's Ladies' Day on 10 Golden Rules with coverage from the Association for Women in Communications, an interview with one of the world's top experts on new media and web public relations, and our top 10 tips for how to get your press release picked up in the search engines. Welcome to the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing Podcast featuring the latest strategies and techniques to drive traffic to your website and convert that traffic into sales. Now here's the CEO of 10goldenrules.com, Jay Berkowitz. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you so much for spending a little time with 10 Golden Rules. It's episode 11. We've got some great call-ins, a couple emails, a couple different recordings. For new listeners, let me give you some background on 10 Golden Rules. We have a free download available of the podcast every week. And if you like what you hear, go to iTunes, click on the iTunes store, and search 10 Golden Rules. And you can subscribe to the podcast, and you will get a free download each week as we uh, put out a new episode. We'll cover the leading strategies and tactics to improve your internet marketing and to maximize your personal time and fun online. Join the conversation by calling our engagement line at 206-888-6606. Ask us a question. Share some comments or ideas or suggestions with, with the crowd. K7, our phone line, will digitize your call and will include your comments on a future show. Once again, that number is 206-888-6606. Now, th there's a few things going on in the space I wanted to touch on this morning. Uh, one of the first ones is big news, a company called Jaiku, which is one of the main microblogging platforms, was purchased by Google. And just when it, when it seems safe to throw all your microblogging eggs in Twitter's basket, along comes Google and joins the fray with the purchase of Jaiku. be interesting to see how that one plays out as um, Jaiku, Pounce, and Twitter fight for supremacy in microblogging. Also news that AOL is entering the fray and a version of AOL's AIM product will have a similar feature, a microblogging platform uh, added to AOL. We launched our first project in Second Life. We're very proud to announce Annie's Costumes Costume Store and Haunted House is now in-world in Second Life. So if you're in, in Second Life, please do a search for costumes, come by the costume store and get yourself properly adorned for Halloween this year. The other uh, news of note that there's a lot of buzz about in the blogosphere and the podosphere is the new Radiohead album being released uh, not through record stores, not on a record, and available for any price you want. So if you search uh, the new Radiohead album, you can purchase this new recording uh, at whatever price you want to pay. So I purchased the new album and I, um, I paid £10, which is probably around $20 and burned a couple copies so I'm in, in for about ten dollars a pop. Um, so I wanted to give you a sample of the audio line, show you how it works and here's a call into our K7 line and uh, please give us a call and join the conversation. Hello Jay and company, uh, I've been waiting impatiently on podcast number 10 wondering when you're going to post it. I even scanned the previous podcast post dates to see sort of what your timing was and it just seems like number 10 was just overdue. A minute ago it hit me, I looked at the calendar as 10-9 so podcast 10 will be released on 10.10, say around 10.10 a.m. i got it figured out. Looking forward to it. Thanks a lot, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Thanks so much for uh, being a loyal listener and giving us a shout-out. Uh, we actually got episode number 10 out last week on the 9th, and um, iTunes takes about a day to publish it. So I'm, I'm sure it did come out on the 10th day of the 10th month, episode 10. And it, it was a special episode for us. We had an interview with Steve Krug, and Steve is one of the leading experts in website usability. So if you're at all involved in designing your website, managing your website, please have a listen to episode number 10. 
as well there was a couple really great live blog segments and two killer mashups selected for the song of the week that was our golden 10 golden rules theme music and if you like the, the theme music I encourage you to um, give a listen at the end of the show we're gonna play the whole song because we've had a lot of uh, calls and requests people really like the 10 golden rules music and um, we're gonna play the whole track and tell you the story about where that comes from let me tell you a little bit about what's been going on October has been a great month so far uh, was at the Association of Women in Communications show in Orlando this past week uh, I'll, and, and this week I'll be in Birmingham, Alabama. On Wednesday, October 17th, I'll be speaking at a meeting of the local chapter of the American Marketing Association. And the night before, on Tuesday the 16th, we're going to have a marketing meetup. This is a casual dinner with friends of the AMA. Allison from Executive Traveler Magazine is arranging, arranging the event, and we look forward to seeing Tony Morrow from Sonic Drive-In. If you're in the area, please give us a call at 10 Golden Rules or email me at podcast at 10goldenrules.com. Uh, also coming up on at noon Eastern Standard Time on October 24th, I will be interviewed on a live podcast called That Affiliate Thing. It's on webmasterradio.fm, and you can uh, find us there with Sean Collins and Lisa P- Piccarelli on That Affiliate Thing. Once again, the date is noon Eastern Time, October 24th. I'm also looking forward to later that week on October 26, 27, I will be at PodCamp Boston. And I, I have a presentation scheduled on the d- first day of the conference at 10.30 a.m. It's called 10 Golden Rules for Launching and Promoting a New Podcast. And here's some information about PodCamp Boston. Oh, hi there. This is Steve Garfield from stevegarfield.com. And I want to tell you about PodCamp Boston 2. That's happening on October 26th through 28th. And it's an unconference for new media makers, and it's free. So you can come to Boston and join in and meet other media makers and you control what the sessions are so you can come in and you can teach what you know and share and learn from each other. Go to podcampboston.org to register and sign up for teaching a session. So I hope to see you there at PodCamp Boston too. Steve said it all. PodCamp uh, Boston is going to be great. There's over a thousand people already registered. Founders Chris Brogan and Christopher Penn will be presenting as will Steve Garfield, Mitch Joel from Twist Image, C.C. Chapman, Jason Van Orton, author of Podcasting 101 and Promoting Your Podcast, John Wall, host of The M Show and co-host of Marketing Over Coffee, will present. So uh, we hope to see you in Boston. That's October 26, 27. You can search PodCamp Boston, and uh, I think it's podcampboston.org, and there's a wiki as well. So uh, please uh, try and make it out to Boston if you're at all interested in the space be very very worth your time money and effort and of course the show itself is free if you can't make it to Boston I will be repeating my presentation on November 1st the Florida Marketing Association has a weekly webinar and the webinar will cover uh, I will cover the same content so you can look for information on that show on amasouthflorida.com November 5th to 9th I'll be at AdTech New York I'll be participating on a panel AdTech New York is the biggest of the shows in, in our industry, so um, that's definitely the place to be if you want to get uh, a deep download of Internet. And I, I always find AdTechs heavy on the publisher side, really good if you're an advertiser, um, run a lot of banners, participate in advertising on the portals. And we're really excited about an event we're doing on November 14th. We'll be presenting a full-day Internet Marketing Boot Camp. It's in conjunction with the American Marketing Association. There's a link on our website. And um, we're going to cover absolutely everything you need to know to get a, 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 you know, your full introduction to Internet marketing. The AMA will offer a certificate for the course. And as I said, it's one whole day of Internet marketing, search engine marketing, pay-per-click, Web 2.0, everything you need to know to get into Internet marketing. So um, let's uh, roll with the next segment now. Segment now. And uh, here, here's uh, the bumper again. The next segment I want to go through a couple emails. We were featured in an article a couple weeks ago in the Wall Street Journal where they asked us to provide our recommended reading list. 
And one of the folks on the list was Andrew Goodman, who wrote an excellent book on Google AdWords. And Andrew set us, sent us a note saying, Thanks, Jay, for the mention. I've read good chunks of every single book on the list. The next book on my list is David Weinberger's Everything is Miscellaneous. Like many of you, I rarely hang on every word of any book, but in terms of the ideas, the combination of long tail and crowdsourcing, it's so powerful it will make your head explode. So I definitely am going to check out David Weinberger's book. Thanks for that, Andrew. Got another note from Robert Montalbine. He's an internet marketing manager in New York City, and he sent us a note through LinkedIn. He said, nicely done, Jay. Good article. I've got my interview with the Wall Street Journal around here somewhere, too. Right now I'm reading Enquiro Research's white paper on eye-tracking results for Google Universal's SRPs, and I wonder why people call me a geek. Well, thanks, Robert. Um, we're very familiar with Enquiro. As a matter of fact, I'm involved with Sempo, and Gord Hotchkiss is the, the CEO at Enquiro, and he's also uh, the chairman or past chairman of Sempo. So definitely check out Anquero's new research white paper. I'm going to have to add that to my reading list as well. Okay, now let's get rolling with some audio. The first soundbite is from the Association of Women in Communications National Conference. It was a great weekend. And there was well over 100 senior women in communications in attendance. I saw some really excellent presentations. Nancy Widman was the former president of CBS Radio. And she's the author of I Didn't See It Coming, the only book you'll ever need to avoid being blindsided in business. And when CBS was taken over, Nancy was in fact blindsided. She was the president of CBS Radio, and she was out of a job after being with them for 17 years. I saw a couple internet marketing presentations. Josh Hallett from Haiku, H-Y-K-U, is a real social media marketing expert, and he did a presentation called Wikis, Tittles, and Blogs. Chris Rydell presented a technical session on RSS feeds. RSS feeds are the technical subscriptions you can make to sign up to a blog or a podcast and get that feed sent to your computer desktop, and Chris covered that in a, in a technical aspect. And Kimberly Dozier did a, a really fascinating presentation. She was a CBS News correspondent in Baghdad, Iraq on Memorial Day 2006 while reporting a story. Her and her cameramen were hit by a car bombing. And unfortunately, Paul Douglas and soundman James Brolin were killed in that incident, as were the U.S. Army captain they were following and his Iraqi translator. Dozier was seriously wounded, but she recovered completely after multiple surgeries and month of, months of physiotherapy. And amazingly, Kim Dozier said she would be willing to go back to Iraq on assignment. On a lighter note, let's uh, listen to a segment that I recorded following my, my keynote presentation. And the keynote was called 10 Strategies for Marketing Yourself, Your Chapter, and Your Company on the Internet. And following the session, I turned on my trusty Microtrack M audio, and I'll share with you what some of the uh, women had to say. Okay, great. So we just finished this session that we called 10 Strategies to Market Yourself, Your Chapter, and Your Company at the Association for Women in Communications in Orlando. And Lynn Osborne, who's a past chair, chapter, a past president, um, has the first question. Hi. Um, at the risk of sounding not very knowledgeable, but uh, really new to blogs, tell me the difference between posting information on your website on a regular basis versus a blog. How do those things connect, or how are they different? It's a great question. And a blog really is a website. The, the beauty of blogs, um, in, in, on one sense, is if you don't have a website, and all you want to do is get some internet um, exposure. You can create a blog on Blogger or TypePad or WordPress. Very, very easy to get a blog up and very easy to post. So one of the things we recommended is for your chapter, for your volunteer chapter, you could create a blog and give password access to all of your members and ask them to contribute little blog postings, add links and pictures and stories and trends that they're uncovering. And you can, of course, moderate the comments and you can moderate... Uh, the content people's putting in. Now, if you have a website and you have a blog, you have a very interesting question. And it, the question is, 
what's the difference between your blog and your website? Now, Blogger and, and, and the other uh, blogging tools allow you to post your blog to your website. So what the functionality of, of the blogging tool allows you to make these posts and allows you a community or, or your, your employees, like everyone at 10 Golden Rules contributes to our blog. And it allows, it makes it very, very easy to create websites and create content. And you can add it to the website. We have selected the option of keeping our blog separate from our website. And the reason we do that is because it gives us another opportunity to build content, to create another place where we're marketing our brand. And we also link to our website, um, and we link to other websites. The other thing I like about having the blog separate from our website is it allows us to have a little bit more freedom in what we're talking about. On a corporate website, you might want to keep it fairly corporate. The lawyers might need to approve things. Not, not on our website. But, um, but a blog gives you the freedom to talk about different things, link to different sites. We covered the Simpsonized thing where you could create your own Simpson character, and we covered things, funny things that are happening in the industry. So it gives us a little bit more flexibility if we keep, um, keep the two things separate on the blog. But very good question. Oh, the three tools again. Blogger is Google's free tool, WordPress, and TypePad. question in the back. Please uh, tell me who you are if you want to promote your site or your chapter site. Go ahead. I'm Wendy Moreland from Springfield, Missouri, and my question to you is I have a young friend in Springfield who's a musician. He has a MySpace page. He has just completed four CDs. The latest one is Well Fed and High Strung. And named What's the band called? Named that It's Lyle Strickland. Okay. He, is, he is the band, and that is his his uh, new CD uh, related to two stores that have allowed him to play music. But his MySpace page, where he hopes to have a professional image, gets a lot of uh, interest from young women bearing their breasts. How does he profess <laughs> to be a professional with his MySpace page and get a lot of people to his page to buy his work if he doesn't have any control over who accesses his page? Um, well, you, you can make most of the social media sites um, private so only friends can see content and add content. So that might be one of the options that he could um, you know, only accept uh, friends, so people who have signed up. Um, I'm less familiar with MySpace. We spend more time on Facebook and LinkedIn that are more of the professional um, inter, you know, interactive networking sites. Um, but definitely, you know, there, there are tools that you can block different things and block inappropriate content. So that would be uh, one of the options for him. Please introduce yourself and promote. feel free to promote a website. Uh, Margot Berman, um, author of Street Smart Advertising, How to Win the Battle of the Buzz. And my website you just showed, Unlock the Block, for Spontaneous Combustion. Uh, the question, Great site. Oh, thanks. The question I had was, did you look into work.com and the effectiveness of that site and that uh, community? Because uh, I, I haven't seen work.com. Do you uh, want to tell us a little bit about well, it? The articles are really carefully read. So anything you submit, you need to be sure you don't have typos because that'll get noticed. And it's to um, provide information to other people in your industry. So it's really for professionals to professionals. So you might want to look at that. Work.com. So yeah. it's a work community. One more question. I had one at the back somewhere. Please introduce yourself and your website if you want. I'm Mercedes Milberry. I'm with the Tulsa Chapter. And my question is, you talk about including lots of content. Has there been a shift in online readership? Because... As we were building websites for the past decade, everyone says people don't read that much, keep it short, keep it sweet, and how do you balance your content development and your customer needs? That's a great question. Um, I'm going I'm to answer it a couple different ways, and, and the question is really uh, how, much, how much do people read? How much content do they read? Um, I'll give you three answers. First of all, within four seconds when people come to a website, they decide if it has what they're looking for and who you are, and, and what you offer. And you must communicate it's very, very crystal clear in order to meet that four-second demand. Because what do we do if people don't find what they're looking for? What, what do we do? We leave. We leave. We hit the back button, right? We all know how to go back to the Google search or the website that referred us. So your website's got to be crystal clear. And you saw on our website, at the top of our website, we have short little paragraphs, we have some images, and we have some links. Down at the bottom of the page was where we have the words. So Google still puts a, a very high value, Google and the other search engines, on the words on the page. So one of the ways you can accomplish what you want to accomplish is on the top of the page, 
before the area where readers have to scroll down, you can make it uh, look very graphically uh, interesting. You can have a very clear message on what you want people to do. The second way I'm going to answer the question is a conversation we had in, in our podcast, episode number 10. And I highly recommend episode 10, uh, not only because we're 10 Golden Rules, but we had the opportunity to inter interview Steve Krug. Steve Krug wrote a fantastic book called Don't Make Me Think. And Steve actually is, is one of the top usability experts in the world, and he answered the question. So there's a couple different answers to that question, but I would say, you know, to sum up, Google and the other search engines still put a high value on words. We recommend adding between 250 and 1,000 words on every page. But you definitely want to design the top of the page um, to have a very clear desired action. Make it very obvious what the page is about and what you'd like the user to do. And then at the bottom of the page, you can include additional content. Um, so thank you all very much. And it was a pleasure. And you can find this podcast at 10goldenrules.com. Just click on the podcast link. And this version should be up in a week or two. Thank you all very much. Okay, next up is our chat with Laura Storitis. Laura is a senior VP with Business Wire. And Business Wire is one of the two main PR wire services. If you need to send out a press release for a publicly traded company, you must use either Business Wire or uh, biz, uh, new PR Newswire. Laura is the voice of um, BusinessWire, and she's one of the top speakers and experts in the world on web PR, social media, and she's become a good friend, and I absolutely love the chance to sit down and talk about polar bears and podcasts. And stay with the, 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 the conversation if you want to hear our top 10 tips for how to get your press release picked up in the search engines. Laura and I spend about 10 minutes talking about that approach. So here we go with Laura Storitis, the senior VP from Business Wire. So I'm really, really excited. Laura Storitis was kind enough to come up to our office. I'm thrilled to have her here. And a little bit of her background, she began her career with the Miami Herald newspaper, joined the South Florida Business Journal as circulation and marketing director. And prior to joining Business Wire in 1992, Laura was the founder, VP, and general manager for International Business Chronicle. She holds an MBA from Florida Atlantic University, a BA from St. Thomas University in Miami, Florida. And on September 4th, 2007, she was named to the newly created position of Senior Vice President, Media Services and Product Strategy with Business Wire. So congratulations, Thank Laura. Thank you. And we're, I'm going to ask you a little bit more about that in a minute. But there's two things I wanted to hear about in your um, background. Uh, that I wanted you to talk a little bit more about. You have the distinction of being a former Jeopardy champion, and you went to my home province of Manitoba, Canada, to see the polar bears. So tell us about those two things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had the most wonderful time. And first of all, thank you for inviting me. It's such a pleasure to be on the podcast. I listen to it all the time. Um, well, but, thank you. Yeah, and um, on the whole experience was so cool. So anybody who ever wanted to be on Jeopardy, you should absolutely seek out the contestant search at Jeopardy.com and make your way there and just try your hand at it because you, you just never know. But it, was the, it really was so interesting and fun. Um, and much like the podcast, it's done in real time. <laughs> <laughs> what were some of the things that happened on the show? Well, everything was such an adventure. But I think some of the things that um, really struck me were that... It was very serious. Like the all the contestants, they, they um, do all the shows, five shows in one day, and so there's a pool of contestants that come in to be able to play with each, you know, each, against each other all day, and um, it's very serious. We're, we're totally segregated from everyone else. Um, can't speak with anybody else. You have somebody accompanying you to the bathroom or out to eat or whatever because it's like the whole quiz show thing. You have to they take it very oh, wow. seriously. You have to sign a, a big, you know, twenty three page waiver cannot reveal what happened but the experience if you have fun doing this in front of the television i can tell you it's nothing like trying to play in real life um but it's, gonna be you know, yeah, it's always harder. much easier on the couch <laughs> and um it's all about the buzzer and it's all about your category so yeah. um it, it, i was happily um the jeopardy champion before the ken jennings juggernaut but um 
it was a, it was really a great experience, and I put it on my bio because that's the the thing that people want to talk about all the time. <laughs> well, I want to talk about the polar bears too. The polar bears were another thing. Um, the trip my husband has wanted to take since he was a little kid to see the um, polar bears, and as we've all been reading about the the global warming crisis. We felt that was no time to waste and to get up there and to Churchill and to see it. Um, we went with a group called Natural Habitat Adventures, and they were fantastic. And there's a very short six-week season, so you really have to make your plans in advance. But the opportunity to see these animals and, and you know and just learn about the culture and learn about um, nature and everything it's it was really a one of a kind of experience. So I I I think everyone should try to see That's the polar great. bears before it's too late. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely on our list as well. My exactly. wife's very interested. Um, well, so your job, senior vice president, media services and product strategy. Um, you're in charge of the new Eon enhanced online news releases. And so, of course, that's uh, one of the real reasons we wanted to talk to you today and spend some time talking about that. Um, I, one, one more question about your promotion. I saw on your blog that the, when you got promoted, you were featured beside Warren Buffett, who owns the company. And so I had to ask you about that experience and oh, boy, what it was I, like, like to meet that legend. I mean, I saw the polar bears and Warren Buffett the same year. It was like oh, wow. two like, major experiences <laughs> in my life. But it was it was so cool because he um, actually the year that our company was purchased by Berkshire Hathaway, um, we were so proud and we are so proud of that of that affiliation. Um, and Kathy Baron Tamara, our president and CEO, um, had asked him to please come to our sales uh, meeting and that was held in San Antonio and he graciously agreed to do that and um, came and talked to our whole um, global sales staff for answered questions until there was no more questions to be answered, took pictures with every person, and Kathy was, was you know, trying to say, you guys, please don't bother Mr. Buffett, and yeah. he couldn't be more gracious. Oh, and that's he was, so nice. You know, didn't want to impose on him, but he was so happy to be with us, and we were so proud to meet him. So I had my picture taken with, with him and with Kathy, and something I really treasure. So, the, the first question I want to ask is, who is the most important target for a press release today? Is it the editors of the newspaper or the journalists who might cover a story? Or do you think it's Google and the other search engines? I don't think I'm going to take the bait on that, saying what's more important than the others. I think what, what I'm really excited about in my new role, I mean, I've been with BusinessWire for 15 years now, and the, the press release itself has changed so much. So I think taking the question the other way around is... But, no, really, what it is is um, the power of the press release has changed, as the distribution has changed. So in, in Business Wire's world at 15 you know, years or so that I've been here, the, the press release has been a mechanism for reaching the media in the newsroom to give them the information they need to write their stories for their readers and for their viewers. Um, traditional media, so-called traditional media, radio, television, print. Um, and of course, the other major component with the wire services has always been the disclosure mechanism. The fact that the Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC, requires publicly traded companies to disclose anything that's going on within any news, anything that's going on within their organization and certainly their financial situation, to all investors equally. So we built a network um, of simultaneous, global, and comprehensive transmission of that information so literally every investor would have the information at the same time. As soon as the, we were one of the first um, wire services and certainly even one of the earlier earliest companies to have a website. In 1995 we launched our website businesswire.com and from day one it was always the news was the, the main thing on the website. I mean you kind of almost had to dig a little to find out what we what we did for a living because we put the news out there first. Um, and in that we have, as soon as the, the web became another important delivery mechanism for Business Wire, in addition to our traditional delivery to Wall Street and to the media, the business changed because for the first time, individual investors, regular people, anybody who had access to internet would be able to see the same release at the same time that the editor at Bloomberg or Dow or Reuters saw the release. So this created an enormous opportunity for the public relations and the corporate communications, the investor relations professionals. And that opportunity has only just increased and exploded 
in the last little um, bit of time, and I say a little bit of time, meaning you know two years, three years, with the advent of the importance of search engines, because the news releases are very prominently um, featured or or prominently available as results from search engines. So uh, we've had those established relationships for a long time. Business Wire is a very prolific publisher of very relevant and um, fast-moving breaking news. So our releases, written by the customers, the clients themselves, are really seen side-by-side with the news stories that um, were written about that those same stories. So um, I think that people like to have more information than less, so to see what the company writes about itself, as well as, going back to your original question, the importance of that third-party um, what, how can you say, the third-party analysis of that news that the, the uh, journalist and the reporter brings to it. Um, I think, you know, then you, you let the, the person decide for themselves. But I think that it's important to reach both, um, both constituencies, and now you can reach both directly. As you know, at, at Ten Golden Rules, we've been really focused on uh, this sort of new tactic, I would call it, of optimizing a press release so it gets picked up in the search engines. Um, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about the Eon product and how that works, and then I'll, we'll talk a little bit about how we do an optimized press release. And I'd love you to chip in with you know improvements maybe to our procedures. Absolutely. I mean, again, going back to the release as sort of the foundation document, it's a great media relations tool. Has been always, but when you're writing something to to um, entice a journalist to write about you to pitch someone. Um, you may put the focus in a little bit of a different um, way than if you are writing for search engine optimization, as you've learned, because basically writing for reporters and writing for robots can be distinct. You know, you can't always <laughs> That's accomplish That's a great it. line, yeah. Yeah, and, and a lot of people ask us, one of the things they'll say, well, do I, can I do the same release, have it optimized for search, and also send it to the media? And the answer is, yes, you can, but you may also want to think about what you want to accomplish. If it's more important for you to reach your customers directly with certain um, information that really is not as relevant to the journalist, you may have to write one, one version of the release for the journalist and the other one for the, for the, um, to, be, to be found online, and whether that's in the search engine or um, other, you know, the blogosphere or other places online. So tell everyone a little bit specifically about the Eon product, mm-hmm. how they access it, how it works, and what it does. Well, the Elon product is um, enhanced online news. And what we've done is taken the, the Business Wire release that has the, the big, you know, sort of comprehensive, simultaneous breaking news quality. But because it's news and breaking news, it also eventually becomes old news. And we've joined forces with our friends at PR Web, Vocus PR Web, to really um, take what they've done in enhancing um, site where the press releases live that the search engines really love. There's a lot of things on the Eon site at eon.businesswire.com that actually is created for those releases to have a longer life or, or the, you know, to kind of grab that long tail. So the Business Wire is, the, is the, the quick, comprehensive delivery that makes the phones ring and the journalists call and the stock move and everything all at the same time very quickly, but then it sort of fades away. Um, as you see in Google News, where, where the, that news is all cleared out after 30 days at the most. Um, and then Eon picks up, and it's found over a longer period of time because it's more of a, a pull technology that allows a search engine to find it over a longer period of time. Great. So why don't I, I we, t- we talked briefly about this before, but I uh, wrote down our 10 steps. One of the things we do is we, we have something we call 10 Golden Tools. And it's our 10 steps for all of our important projects. And so um, we have 10 steps to web optimizing a press release. And let me share them with you and feel free to chip in because these are really living documents. And as we find a better tactic or a better way of doing something, we improve our internal procedures documents. And then we're able to continually do a better job at at what what we're doing. So our first step is to brainstorm a topic. And with our clients, news stories come out of two places. Either there is some actual news, the client has a new product, they have a new service, they have a new feature, they have a new employee, or we develop a story out of the keywords. So out of our keyword research, keyword phrases that are highly searched and not highly competed for, 
we may find two or three phrases that naturally weave together and create a story. And it's not New York Times style news. It's not breaking news because obviously it's, um, you know, it's created from the press releases. But it's like 10 Golden Rules offers internet marketing consulting services. <laughs> and we're targeting a keyword phrase like internet marketing consulting services. Mm-hmm. We've always offered them. But, you know, as a press, as a press release, um, so long as you can craft enough of a news component to the release that it gets by your editors, we can get it on, on the wire. Well, and you know that the the things that the search engines love the most are recency and relevancy. So if you can create a document, if you can create a story for that's relevant to the keywords and you're utilizing enough, and it's just like an advertising campaign in many ways, you can't just do it one time. You have to continually utilize those keywords for that client over time to have that client found for those keywords, right? And that goes into the whole social tagging and all of that stuff as well if you want to be sort of owning that real estate on the search engine or in social media area. So you're saying target the same phrases over and over? Well, associate your, make sure that you're associating keywords and phrases that will drive traffic to your products yeah. and services because obviously if they know your company name, you don't have to optimize for your comp- company name, but you want to optimize for not only your, your services and product names, but those concepts that will um, provide for, the, for what those services provide the solution yeah. for. So it's not always a one-on-one. I guess my question specifically was sort of long tail versus short tail. Mm-hmm. You know, we typically are targeting long tail phrases, and we'll go after three phrases and then three more phrases and three more phrases. We may have some of the core, um, you know, shorter tail phrases for a client in the boilerplate, and, and we'll repeat it over and over. But typically, we we have, we, we take more of a long tail approach. Are you, were you saying go more, you know, short tail and hit the same phrases over and over, or were you saying no? I think target. That, yeah, you want to do a little bit of both, and it really depends on what you're trying to accomplish. And then you also know when you're doing keyword analysis, it's sometimes a seasonal. There's different Absolutely. things in the news, so I think you have to have. It's great because I I believe in the ten golden rules, and that's why you brainstorm, and that's why every release is different and distinct. And if there was a template that you could just say here, just fill in the blanks. You know, they wouldn't need anybody like us. But because it's such a, a, a fluid type of thing, it depends on what your goals are, just like in any media relations program. But I think that's right. You want to have the, um, the ability to have those releases show up and have as much real estate on that search um, page as possible so that you can drive traffic to your website. Okay, so step one, we find a topic. Step two, we pick three keyword phrases that are highly searched and not as highly competed for. Mm -hmm. And we add those phrases to the headline and the copy of the press release. We like them to appear two to three times in the body of the release, as close to the top of the release, the middle of the release, and the bottom of the release as possible. As as far as I know, it's a good best practice. You're nodding your head. Yeah, it's very good. It's very good. And I want to say a little word for the um, underutilized subhead, because subhead is really... A secret weapon in search, wouldn't you say, Jay? Because yeah. it's you're, you're going to see that. So, say if you're successful in getting your um, news release ranked in that top 20 result on Google, what are you going to see? You're going to see the headline where you just said you're going to have your keyword in the headline, and that's going to help get you as yeah. a part of the results. But you're also going to see the first hundred words, and that's where the beautiful, um, you know, subhead which tells you a little bit more, takes the human being into the, into the equation because now that person has 20 things to click on. And if you can tell them 100 words, a little, yeah. you know, a little bit more about what you're saying in the headline, hey, they're going to click on yours as opposed to somebody else's. So. Yeah, so many times it's hard to get more than one keyword phrase in the headline. How many, how many characters in, is, does Google pick up? Seven, Google just announced. 72 or something? Yeah, well, guess what? They just announced yesterday 22 words. 22 words. And they said that there there may be, you know, sort of implications that yeah. if you're going really, really long, that you could be considered spam or anything else. We're still looking into this, but this is just a couple of days old that they've gone down to 22 words for optimum um, headline. Okay, great. So we, we've got, um, and, and thank you for clarifying the subhead piece because we've been aggressively adding keyword phrases to the subheads. Now I know why. Um, so no, step number three, and sometimes this is optional, we get client approval on the press release. <laughs> and step number four, um, we write meta tags and alt tags. Mm-hmm. So, and, and the title tag being the most important tag, and that's the, 
uh, HTML descriptors for the page. And then we add the release, this is step five, to the client's website. And um, that's a critical step, in, in our opinion, because if we get the release on the client's site first, and then we get that indexed or read by Google and the other search engines, um, it's the first place Google's seen it, seen that unique content. And then the next... You, oh, I just want to say yeah. something on that because um, putting on my business bar hat for a second again is um, the issue of disclosure. If anything is material news yeah. from a public company, you don't want to put it on the website or the blog before Agreed. you put yeah. it on the wire. Um, that's the law. So um, that being said, we are big believers in, in encouraging our clients. We even have products to do this automatically and things like that. But you want to get that release on your website because that's where people are going to go first. So it's absolutely a very good yeah. idea. And to link it up, like we link our releases to our blog, Business Wired, and we find we get that link love back and forth just within our own organization. And a lot of people miss opportunities from their own press release to link out and link in. And then, uh, then we add the release to the wire. And we, we here uh, generally use only two wire services, and they're either the combo, the business wire, Eon PR web combo, mm -hmm. or we'll just go on PR web if it's a budget you know, consideration. Uh, and we just do that at the $80 level. Um, then if the release is media worthy, we pitch it direct to the media. And if it's a really big story, we'll often pitch it in advance. It's very important. Yeah. And be, I think you really always want to do your best practices for media relations by targeting your must-haves or your best, you know, like what would be yeah. the ideal? Because there's a lot of media and you'll be spending time reacting to people who are interested in it and fulfilling whatever they need to do their story. Yeah. But you really want to make sure that you don't get inundated so much that you're not doing the outreach to the places that you really want to target. It's funny, you know, I just realized our step number seven is to pitch the story to the media. It shows you how, you know, how SEO-centric we are here yeah. in, in, in our approach. It's kind of low on the list. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, but you know, it's, it's, still it's there. We, we certainly, on, on a big story, on, on a real news story, we don't miss it. And we were talking with a, a big story we're releasing with Laura before this, this interview. Well, I want to mention, too, um, that some of the experience that we're having with you know, Eon, Business Wire, um, the push and the pull and the different um, places that these stories have been found. Um, a little story about embargoes, because embargoes have, you know, always been a very um, important tool in, as you said, sort of giving your best yeah. media You want context. to define embargo? For yeah, when you actually are providing the story in advance to a journalist with the understanding that they will not release the story, publish the story, post the story, broadcast the story until it's been officially sent over the wire or officially made public. Yeah, people are always, always nervous about that. But in my career, I've never, you know, the journalists are very familiar with the term and they honor the embargo. I've never had a problem. So. Exactly. And in the, in the Web 2.0 world, in the search engine optimization world, the interesting thing that we're just starting to see happen is when people are, when journalists have embargoed the story and then it crosses the wire, the stories take precedent over the press release. So people are often saying, well, you know, I, I did the press release and I always saw my press release first and then the stories afterwards. And now I was successful when I provided the embargo that they got those stories, actually knocked my press release down in the standing because the stories came out. So I guess it's nothing to complain about. It's a good problem to have. But you know, who would have thought, you know, and, and those links from big traffic sites will often, you know, displace the press release version of the release. But, of course, it's all available there. It's just... Yeah. Um, well, I, know I was shocked and surprised yesterday. Um, we, we were uh, used as a reference by the Wall Street Journal for the recommended reading section last week. And one of the bloggers who covered the story is actually... I did a search for the story to send someone the link... And one of the bloggers is actually the first Google result, <laughs> and the, the Wall Street Journal was the second result. That's it's, a powerful yeah, blog. It's, it's yeah. not unusual. And I mean, and you talk about media, we don't differentiate between um, bloggers who are real influencers um, oh, yeah. then, and that have um, audience numbers that rival many of the big um, publishers. So um, it's, we don't think of it as any different. So um, we're, we're getting off the, the, the numbers here, but your, your, your input is so valuable. Um, so step number eight, we, we've set the release up to go on the wire you know, in the next 24 hours or so, and we link to the release from a, our blog or from our client's blog. And typically we, we, the blog, we set the blog up in Blogger, 
who is owned by Google. And then we're, we're very confident, and it's 99% of the case, uh, they will follow the link on the blog link to the release on the client's site and index or read the copy on the client's site first before it gets on the wire. Um, and again, with, with the one caveat being obviously we can't do that for a publicly traded company. And then um, I always make sure I ping my blog or, or just open it up in my reader or my iGoogle, um, my, my Yahoo page, just so that the blog follows those links. And I'm just guaranteeing that it's going to get, they're going to follow the, those links and index that content. And then the final step is we just you know sit back and, and watch the results and prepare a client report. Right. And the measurement component is last but not least, because basically that then... Um, provides the return on investment for the whole procedure. Cause, and, and that's the beautiful thing about online. You can actually track it back right to the, the press release and the activity and whether somebody either downloaded something or bought something. Um, so the web analytics on the other side are very important. And then a blogger provides really good blog analytics. And, of course, Business Wire and Eon would both provide um, measurement reports based on what we're able to track from the activity of the release. Yeah, there's awesome tools available exactly. on the back end. Um, okay, well, th- thanks for going through that. I appreciate your, your contribution. Um, and we'll, we'll update our, our living, breathing document <laughs> as we do. Um, la- last week, you hosted us to a very nice breakfast at, from Business Wire. Thank you very much. And there was about 50 people. It was a very well-attended event. And your presentation was excellent, as always. Thank you. And um, there were a few things that I, I took in my notes that I, I hope to expand upon for, for our audience. You talked about the Google Golden Triangle heat map, and I think it was a ComScore study. Do you want to talk about uh, that a little bit and how it's significant? Well, I think it goes back to what we were originally talking about, about the power of the news release as a page of web content. When you start to think about it, of how it ranks um, with a headline and then on the full text. And it's just thinking about the way that you that you interact with the search engine results page is is very common. When when I put up that slide showing that the paid results are are seen but not as hot as the natural or organic search results on the left hot side. being clicks, right? The right. app is measuring clicks. Clicks on, and, and on visual position on the page. People, yeah. What people look at and what they click through to. So everyone understands that sort of balance between the um, pay per view or the the you know the uh, pay per click the pay per click yeah. model the SEM. I think the, la- the, the latest research is saying that seventy five percent of the clicks are coming on the free side as yes. opposed to the paid side. Yes, that's what I've heard. Yeah. So 80, 80, 20 rule things like that. Yeah. So um, it's not unlike how anybody who's, who's using the search engines will react. You really do look at that um, left hand side. So the fact that you can create a, a page of content as a news release and have it rank there, in addition to all the things you do on your own website to optimize your own website to have real estate on that side too. And that goes back to what you're saying about blog. You know, In addition to a website, you're going to also have a blog. That could create additional real estate. So if, you're, if you've got 20 search results and you're optimized and you've got you know, three or four positions out of 20, that is really good um, optimization for that um, all those documents because they're all cross-referenced. Yeah, I'm almost embarrassed sometimes. <laughs> our, our blog is starting to outrank our website. You know, we've done a lot of work on our website, but you know, everyone in the company does tries to do a blog post every week, and so the blog now has like 350 pages of content, and it's in Blogger, and and it's sometimes I'll search the same phrase like Jay Berkowitz, ten golden rules or something, and and our blog will outperform. Our website. Right, it's recency and relevancy. So a lot of people say, well, what about blogging? Should I do blogging? Well, you have to be committed to updating that content because that's what the search engine loves. It's, it's Google juice. You, you um, talked about a, another little tactical benefit of using bolds, underlines, and bullets in a press release. How do they figure into the equation? That's another thing that the, the search engines like. And this is something where um, we particularly found this on the wire because uh, the clients will provide us, for the most part, um, documents that have been written in Word. And they got out of the habit of putting the formatting that you would typically have in a, in, in a, in a document that would be printed out or sent as a PDF or something like that. Things that people like to see. Bold bullet points, italics, I mean, things that communicate your message in a visual way. Um, 
I have invited our clients, because the reason that that kind of stuff came out is because many times on the wire copy, it was very plain vanilla ASCII. And so they said, well, why should I put it in if you guys are stripping it out or whatever? But ne basically, the web has changed the whole equation. And the fact that BusinessWire transmit, transmits um, XHTML in NewsML, we have the highest common denominator. So we have foreign characters, a lot of things that typically have been sort of made things look a little bit... Um, skewed on a page now developers it's common to be able to display with this but not only that the search engines see bold italics bullet points as important because it's newsy it's something that you know shows the same way that you can do yeah. that on your page of content you can also do that in your release so it's free google Juice. that's awesome well we're we've, <laughs> we've had fun here we've run up to about a half an hour <laughs> So I'm just going to wrap up with a couple, you know, sort of more personal um, habits that you can share with folks. Um, what Web 2.0 or social media sites are you making use of? Are you playing on Facebook, LinkedIn, Second Life, Facebook, Twitter? What's working and what can you recommend to folks? Any Anything new? Well, I actually um, have probably one of each and I'm very bad about updating my profile. So I'll definitely like I'm now shamed into going and making sure my, <laughs> my new title and everything is on everything. But no, I like LinkedIn and I often say to somebody, you know, can make sure we stay in touch and I actually stay in touch that way. Okay. I like my Reagan, which is the public relations and the corporate communications site. Um, I'm a big fan of um, for immediate release podcast. I get um, I want media, which is a daily newsletter of headlines that relate to it. And um I was telling you I'm a big podcast fan, and that's how I sort of absorb my industry reading. What? How do you time shift? Like I, I love that element of podcasts. When are you listening, and how do you make that work? Oh, I'm the, the queen of that because I definitely don't. I don't even have cable television. People think, well, how could you be in media and not have cable? It's because I'm like on Netflix. I'm, I'm on iTunes. I'm watching YouTube. And um, I'm constructing the experiences I want to have when I want to see them. Um, and so I, I find that to be much more entertaining for me than, um, than anything else. We had fun the last time we were together, and you actually were kind enough to let me look at your iPod. <laughs> <laughs> What's on your iPod these days? I'm, I'm sick with um, podcasts right now. I think I have, I just counted as like, I'm not even exaggerating, like 853 different wow. things yeah. I mean some things are as small as maybe two minute or three minute yeah. little bites and then everything on National Public Radio which I can't I don't have time to listen to at work yeah. I take all those shows so I'm I love when somebody says well if you can't listen or you can't view this at, or listen to our podcast because I'm the kind of person that actually does and then I look and see what people that listen to that podcast that I like also recommend so it's t totally the social network. I, I listen and um, take recommendations from you, from others, um, and download them and give them a try. Final thing, where do people find you and how do they access BusinessWire and Eon? Um, BusinessWire is at businesswire.com, and I'm at laura.steratus at businesswire.com, and I could always put um, anybody in touch with um, anybody at BusinessWire that you're interested in learning more about our stuff. And then our our blog is also uh, is called Business Wired because our, our marketing campaign is You Better Be Business Wired. So our, our blog is called businesswired.wordpress.com. Um, .wordpress.com. Well, Laura, thank you so much. It was a lot of fun and, a, and an honor and a pleasure. And thank you, Jay. It's an honor for me. <laughs> Thanks so much. Well, what a pleasure to spend time with Laura and share that with you. Uh, the final section of the podcast this week is a combination of the blog uh, or podcast of the week and the song of the week. Before that, just a quick wrap-up. We had a couple listener call-ins from Jeff and Bill McGrath. We're excited about PodCamp Boston and the 10 Golden Rules one-day training session. Links for all of our events are on our homepage at 10goldenrules.com. We covered the 10 tips for optimizing your podcast to get picked up in the search engines with the amazing... Jeopardy champion, Laura Steritis. What would you like to hear more about in future episodes? Please take a minute to join the conversation. I promise you, you will enjoy all of this so much more if you jump in. Go, start posting on blogs. Start calling into podcasts. It'll make your experience so much better. The phone-in line is 206-888-6606. Come on, write it down. You can do it. Give us a call. 206-888-6606 or send us an email, 
podcast at 10goldenrules.com. That's podcast at 10goldenrules.com. Our blogger podcast of the week this week is a music podcast called The Electronic Groove, and it's available at electroniccroove.com. The EG podcast features bi-weekly live sets from local and international DJs. They're house music junkies, in, as they say on their website, and they post the very best. And they really do. They get really awesome contributions from DJs all around the world. And it's very eclectic and it's very, uh, it's mellow. You can listen to this stuff uh, while you, you know, it's not morning music, but it's definitely afternoon or uh, sometimes I'll throw it on at night when I'm working on the laptop. So um, check out electronicgroove.com, also available on iTunes. And the reason it's our podcast of the week is because that was the show that I discovered the 10 Golden Rules theme song. And it's by someone named DJ Sean Miller, available at DJ S-E-A-N, DJ Sean Miller. And he was the DJ on Electronic Groove number three. And he opened with this song that has become our 10 Golden Rules theme song. And Sean gave us the permission to use this song. So uh, due to popular request, a few people were asking about our 10 Golden Rules theme song. So uh, I'm going to play that. Uh, Have a great week, everybody. I'm going to play out with uh, DJ Sean Miller and the 10 Golden Rules theme song.
This podcast is produced with Cast Blaster.